Well, good morning and welcome to Better Life Church. We just want to say thank you so much for joining us today. No matter where you are across the world, uh, however you found your way here to our website, to Facebook, to YouTube, to our online platform, we just want to say from the bottom of our heart, thank you so much for choosing to worship with us today. You know, we're in this series called Spring Cleaning, and we've been going through the book of James. We started with James chapter 1, 2, 3, and today we're going to look at James chapter 4. So go ahead and grab your Bibles. We're going to jump right into this to James chapter 4. Now, if you're visiting with us, if this is your first time uh, checking out Better Life Church, we want you to be part of this James series. You can actually go back on our app or online or on our website, and you can re-watch or watch James 1, 2, 3, and 4 as we build on ourselves. So we encourage you to do that. We also have some great resources out there on our website that you can join right with us as we do Bible study together, online Bible study or online groups. Jump into one of them, especially in this time when we really need faith and community to keep us grounded, to keep hopeful, to keep looking that the best is yet to come. So we wanted to say thank you so much for joining us, no matter where you are this morning, no matter what your location is, we're going to jump right in here to James chapter 4. Now, as I went through this series, obviously I'm not preaching verse by verse through the book of James. And so James 1, I had a few verses to pick from, James 2, James 3, but James 4, I had a few verses here to look at. We could talk about uh, in the beginning of James 4, how to deal with arguments that take place. And right before the pastors, we're going to look at this this morning, we also talked about how not to judge people, how you shouldn't be judgmental and play God and judge other people. I'll probably save that one for November when we do, uh, uh, when we're voting and all the politics taking place. No, no, no. Anyway, anyway, how not to judge people who don't look like you, talk like you, or vote like you. How not to be judgmental. That's what James talks about right before this passage. And so I think this passage is very timely for us as a church, for us as a nation, for us as a world. And so I really believe that if we could just dial into what the Lord has to say to us today, I think it would really would really encourage us. It would also bring hope to believe that the Lord is in complete control. So if you have your Bibles, come on, go to James chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse 13. Now, if you're ready to get started, look at the person beside say, let's go. Come on. All right, here we go. Let's go. James chapter 4, verse 13. It says this, look here, you who say, Today or tomorrow, we're going to a certain town, a certain city, and we're going to stay there for about a year. We're going to hang out there for a year. We're going to live there for a year. We will do business there, and we'll make a profit. He goes on and says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's like a vapor. It's like a a puff of smoke. It's like a mist. It is here for a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is if the Lord wants us to, if the Lord wills it, we will live and do this or that, whatever God wants us to do. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. Remember, it is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Now, this passage, man, packs a punch, and I'm telling you what, it hit me, it hits all of us right in the gut. I love the book of James, it's so practical. Historians and scholars believe it's the earliest New Testament book that we have. So James, here's the half-brother Jesus, he's a leader, if not the leader, the pastor of the Jerusalem church. He's writing to uh, the Jews that have been scattered because of persecution, he says, listen, when you think you're going to make your plans, when you think that you're going to, you know, uh, plan your life out, you 
cannot control tomorrow. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about planning the future. I want to talk about planning your future to come. How do you do that? What are some mistakes we made and what are some solutions to fix it? So I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about three mistakes that we make when it comes to planning our future, when it comes to trying to predict maybe what tomorrow may hold in our life. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Here's the mistake number one, making plans without God. The first mistake we make when it comes to planning our futures is that we make plans without God. That's exactly what James is saying here. Look what he says in verse 13. He says, you who say this, today or tomorrow, we're going to go to a certain town and we're going to stay there a year and we're going to do business there and we're going to make a profit. Now, what's wrong with this? What's wrong? Is there anything wrong about planning? Absolutely not. Is there anything wrong about having the desire to move to a city or a town? Absolutely not. Is there any wrong or desire to say, hey, this is how long I'm going to be there in that city? You know, I'm going to be four years in that college. If you're on my plan, it'll take you five and a half years, whatever it may be for you. Is this where I want to go? Is there anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. Is there anything wrong with having a business, starting a business? Nope, no whatsoever. Is there anything wrong with making a profit? Like making money? Is there anything wrong with that? Absolutely not. Then what's the problem with this plan? The problem with this plan is that God is not mentioned anywhere in this business plan. God is not, he's not asked, he's not sought after God, what do you want us to do? I mean, think about it. Look here, just walk this with me. Here's the first thing he does. He sets his own schedule today or tomorrow. You see that? This person sets their own schedule. Here's the second thing. They select their own path. This is the town I'm going to go to. This is the city I'm going to go to. They select their own path. They place their own limits on themselves. I'm just going to stay there a year. How do you know how long you're going to be there? I'm just going to stay there the year. Here's the fourth thing. They arrange their own activities. I'm going to start a business, and here's the business I'm going to do. Here's the fifth thing. They're going to predict their own outcome, and I'm going to make a profit. Now, I love the optimistic. I love the positivity. It's way better than being negative. I understand that there. But here's the problem with this. The problem is God is not mentioned anywhere in these plans. Don't we do this? This is the college I'm going to go to. Why? Because I got more scholarship money there. This is what I'm going to major in. Why? Because that's what I want to do. Have you sought God in that? God, is this the college you want me to go to? Is this what you want me to do with my life? Is this what you want to uh, 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 major in? Is this what you have for me? See, we do this all. I'm going to go there and I'm going to get that job. I'm going to look for this job. Why? Because that's what I want to do. We do this all the time and we don't include God in our plans. Now listen, the Bible has tons of verses about planning. That God, The Bible's all about making the best preparations and plan. I mean, come on. Jesus said, who builds a house first without counting the cost, right? Plan. Proverbs, all the way through it. Plan, the diligent, plan, the fool doesn't plan. I mean, all the way through, the Bible talks about planning. This is really not a story about planning as it is about us, us having an attitude of self-sufficiency, which says this, God, we don't need you. God, I don't need you to interrupt my plans. God, I don't need you up in my business. See, you can be a believer and forget about God. Did you know that? You can be a believer and forget that God has a purpose and plan for your life. So here's my question. Does God have a say-so in your business? Now, what do you mean by your business? Does God have a say-so in your marriage? Are you going to let God speak in your marriage and handle your marriage the way God wants you to do it? Does God have a say-so in your parenting? Don't tell me how to raise my kids. I'm going to do my kids the way I want to have them raise my kids. Does God have a, 
Does God have a say-so in your, your education, your college, where you're going? Does God have a say-so in your relationships? Does God have a say-so in your finances? God, don't touch my finances. No, 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 no. You can do, thank you for saving me, but don't touch my money. Don't have, don't get in my business. Don't tell me what you want me to do. Does God, does God have um, a say-so in your investments? God, what do you want me to invest in? What do you want me to, to invest things in in my life? God, and I'm going to seek him and ask him. It's all his anyway. So does God have a say-so in your business? But here's the reality. If you are a Christian, all your business is God's business. If you are a follower of Jesus, everything about you belongs to him. Everything about you is his business. No matter what school you go to, no matter what job you have, no matter who you marry, no matter how you handle your finances, no matter if you think it's time for you to retire, it doesn't matter. He is all about your business. So you know what's really sad? Here's what's really sad. There's a lot of people, even in our world right now, even with the midst of a crisis, they don't believe in God. They don't believe there is a God. They're not seeking God. They're not searching after him. And that's sad. It's really sad for someone who doesn't believe that God truly exists. But let me tell you something sadder is that you believe that God exists, but you live like he doesn't. And so many people believe that God exists, but their actions in their life, they live like he doesn't exist. So what's the solution? The solution is very easy. Here it is. Watch this. Include God in your plans. Like how easy is that? Just include God in your plans. James tells us how to, look what he says in verse 15. What you ought to say, if the Lord wants us to. You see that word, if. If the Lord wants us to, we will live and do this or that. If it's God's will, if he wants me to go. That's not being faithless. That's not being faithless. Say, God, if you want that, that's what we'll do. If you want. Because life, honestly, is one big if. I don't know what tomorrow holds. If God wants me to do that, if God wants me to go there, if God wants me to give that, if God wants me to say that, all our life is really one big if. In fact, if you look at the middle two letters of the word life, what do you find? If, I-F, if, life is one big if. I have no idea what tomorrow holds. I have no idea. I can't even guess what tomorrow holds. I can hope for it. I can pray for it. I can believe it. I can claim it. But no one knows what tomorrow holds. However, we plan without God. And when we plan without God, it's pretentious, it's presumptuous here that we're making these plans without him. So what do you do? What do you do? Here's some things you begin to do. Ask God, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you don't want me to do? This is every morning I get up, I begin to think, God, what do you want me to do today? God, today is your day. You gave me another day of life. What do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? God, what do you have for me? In fact, when someone picks up the phone or someone calls me and I know they're needing counsel or something, before I even speak to them, God, what do you want me to say to them? Someone comes into my office, I know I got a meeting. God, how do you, what do you want me to say in this meeting? Like I'm yielding and say, God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? I don't want to do this. God, what do you want me to preach? God, how do you want me to lead through this crisis? I cannot do this without you. James saying, listen, humble yourself. You read that in, in James chapter 4 before you get this. Humble yourself because when you humble yourself, God, God will lift you up. But if you, if you don't humble yourself, God will oppose you and he will bring you down. So humble yourself saying, God, I want you in my plans. I want you in my finances. I want you in my marriage. I want you in my college. I want you in my sports. I want you in my career. I want you in my retirement. I want you in my investments. I want you in my business. See, that's what humility is. God, I can't do this. But most of us live our life 
We make all of our plans and we come up with this beautiful, beautiful plan, this beautiful, beautiful life. And then we say, God, could you sprinkle your blessings on it? And God says, it don't work that way. So you've planned your life out, then you want me to bless it. Instead of inviting me and consulting me and see the direction I have for your life. So here's my attitude. It's all God. It's all up to him. He is in complete control. I love what Proverbs 16, 9 says. Look what it says. We can make our own plans. And listen, I'm guilty of that. I'm not, I'm not preaching at you. I'm preaching to myself, man. I know. Listen, we can make our own plans. We try to make our own plans. And I look back over my life and I look at all the plans I've tried to make on my own. And those plans did not carry out. And now looking back, I'm sitting here saying, praise Jesus, that didn't happen. Praise Jesus, what I wanted then did not come to pass. I'm serious. I can look back at my life and say, thank God he intervened right there and that didn't happen. We didn't do that as a family. We didn't go there. We didn't take that job. We didn't move to that city. We didn't uh, buy that house. I mean, looking back right now, I'm like so thankful that what I wanted did not come to pass. And see, James is saying, listen, let's just, let's just put God in all of our plans. Proverbs 16, 9 says, we can make our own plans, but watch this, the Lord determines our steps. The Lord determines, he directs our steps. Folks, that's what I want for my life. That's what I want for your life. And if you want God to direct your steps, watch this. I'm talking to your teenagers as well. It doesn't matter what age you are, whether you get right close to retirement you get ready to graduate and go to college. God, I want you to direct my steps. I'm going to yield my plans to you. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll date who you want me to date. I'll marry who you want me to marry, who you bring to my life, who we believe is the right. I'll move to whatever city you want me to, to move to. I'll take whatever job you want me to have. I'm not looking at the finances. I'm not looking at it. You know, I was, before we planted the church, I was pastoring a small little country church. And um, I was pulpit filling. And I was filling in in churches looking for someone to fill in. And I was a student pastor at the time and I was filling in and, and they were looking for a pastor and, and, and they were seeking to say, hey, we really want you to come and we want you to pastor our church. But I really didn't, you know, I didn't really sense that that's what at the time what the Lord wanted me to do. And, and that's not the direction I had for my life. And, and that's not where I was heading. And, and I'll never forget, I, I'm going to share this story with you. I don't know if I've ever shared this publicly or not. Um, but I looked at my wife. I said, I just don't know if this is really what God wants me to do or not. I have, I have no idea. So here's what I'm doing. I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm going to call the chairman of deacon. And I'm going to tell them, listen, if God wants me there, there's nothing that's going to stop me from getting there. But I think they should go on and pursue another candidate. And she said, okay. And I'm here to tell you, I, that's when I reached and grabbed my phone. That's when we had the landline. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about, a landline. A landline's a phone connected to your wall that goes out of your house. And you could call that way, like a landline. And I, I was grabbing, I haven't had one since. And I was grabbed the phone. And I'm telling you, as God is my witness, I can't even explain it to you. I reached for the phone to grab the phone. And I, I listen, I've never experienced anything like this in my life. And God, I believe, physically stopped me. I could not pick up the phone. I reached for the phone. It's like something grabbed me and stopped me. And at that very moment, at that very moment, I just hit my face and began to weep. Because God was saying, I don't want you to not do that because this is where I want you to go. I want you, this is where I have for you. This is the place I want you to go and I want you to pastor. I had no idea what they were paying me. I had no idea what, what my income would be. Now listen, I've got a family, two kids. I had, I had, I had no, a kid on the way. I had no idea. 
I told him, God wants me to be your pastor. I'm coming. Go and vote. Don't matter what you vote. That's what the Lord wants me. And the history of the church had 100% vote. <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe. I, and God said, well, good. And one of the person asked, said, well, what are we going to be paying our pastor? And he said, and the chairman Dick said, he's not even asked. Why? Because it doesn't matter. Because God said go. God said go. And see, that's what I want for you. doesn't matter. Whatever God says, what you want to go. Well, what's the, it doesn't matter. God said go. What, what, what if I don't make it? God said go. Because if he's in control, when he said go, he will provide. And God has provided over and over and over. So I just want to encourage you, especially in a time of crisis, people may be laid off, people losing their job. You keep your head up. See, Everyone thinks we're out of control. The whole world's out of control. We were never in control in the first place. We have never controlled this place. God is in complete control. And I promise you, he will take care of you. You make your plans with him. God, what do you want me to do now? God, I trust you now. God, what do you have for my life? Include God in your plans. You can make your plans, but he will direct your steps. Here's a second mistake we make. We assume tomorrow will come. Mistake number two, assuming tomorrow will come. So many people, we assume that tomorrow will come. What do you mean by that? We take life for granted. We assume we have the rest of our life. We assume that, hey, we'll get to that someday. We'll get to that later. We procrastinate, right? We'll get to that some other time. You know, I'll, I'll start going back to church some other time. I'll start doing the right things. So we just put this stuff off. We assume tomorrow is going to come. James 4, 14, look what he says. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Can anybody answer that question? How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like a morning fog. It is here a little while and then it's gone. Skip down to verse 16. Otherwise, you are boasting about your own pretentious plans and all such boasting is evil. It's evil. So what is wrong about boasting or being arrogant about tomorrow? Not faithful and confident like in tomorrow. Well, what's evil about it when you don't include God in your plans? Here's, here's the problem with trying to predict tomorrow. Life is unpredictable. Did you see what he says? You don't even know what tomorrow holds. I mean, six months ago, did anybody predict this, what's going on right now in our lives? Three months ago, did you predict this? Three weeks ago, did you plan this? Did you, did you believe it three weeks ago that you'd be homeschooling your kids? Did you believe it? Would you even thought about that three weeks ago? As we're homeschooling our kids, we love homeschooling our kids. We used to homeschool our kids. We love it, man. We love our kids. We love the schedule we get on. We get on our own schedule. It's just awesome. We love homeschooling kids. It's, it's amazing. We used to do that before. Did you believe that you'd be homeschooling? Did you believe that the only reason why you'd be running to the grocery stores to buy sticks of butter because all you're doing at home is you're making sweets and you're using all the butter up? Come on, I'm, I'm preaching to myself now. Come on now. Did you, I didn't plan that. I didn't, I didn't think about that. Did you, did, you, did you prepare and believe that you're going to be washing your hands 50 times a day and you're looking and you're very cautious of what you touch? Did you, make, did you think you're going to be doing that today? Did you think that you'd be binge watching Netflix and you finally got an Amazon Fire Stick? I, I'm not talking to myself on that one, right? You finally got up with the Amazon and you feel like, hey, I'm, I didn't know I'd be doing this, right? Did you believe that you'd be working from home? Did you prepare that you'd be working from home? I mean, think, did you plan this? Did you see that our economy was going to go from the best it's ever been to like uh, the fastest crash that we've ever seen? When 30% drop in the stock market. Have you ever, did you plan that? Did you see that coming? No. Why? Because you can't plan tomorrow. You can't predict tomorrow. You have no idea what tomorrow holds. Life is unpredictable, but we shouldn't let this scare us. In fact, we should allow this to draw us to trust him more. Like, I have no idea what tomorrow holds. I have no idea. Tomorrow we may wake up and it'll be the best day of our lives. They got a vaccination. They came up with this medicine. We found it, and all of a sudden the world just calms down. Tomorrow we may wake up and half the people on the planet has it. I have no idea. 
How do you prepare for that? How do you plan for that? You, you trust. You trust him. God, you are in control. And this crisis, you can go back and, 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 and check out James chapter 1 when there's trouble. I said this. You're going to have trouble in this world. James said you're going to have trials and tests in this world. It should force us to run to God and trust him more. Life is unpredictable. Let me tell you another reason why we shouldn't plan all this. Listen, and all this crazy. It's because life is short. Like life is short. He says here in verse 14, it's like the morning fog. That word fog there, this, this word of smoke, whatever, vapor that yours may be, it's, it's where we get our word atmosphere. It's like this fog in the morning it's there, and then all of a sudden it's lifted and it's gone. It's like a mist. In fact, the Bible says that our life is here today and gone tomorrow. It, our, our, the Bible describes our life like a leaf, like grass, like a shadow, like smoke, like a cloud, like a vapor. For a moment it's there and then it's gone. That is how short life is. Now, we don't know how long we're going to live. No one knows that. We don't know how long. And people right now, they're afraid and they're scared. People are afraid that they're going to be dying of this virus. Listen to me. I died a long time ago. For I have been crucified in Christ. No longer do I live, but Christ now lives through me. You may take my body, but I'm going to live forever in eternity. Listen, you can't kill me. You may take my body, but I died a long time ago with Christ. I was crucified with him. He now lives in me, and I now live out his life through me. Listen, we're going to spend eternity with him. We have nothing to be afraid of. We have nothing to fear. Christ is in us. And when crisis happens, it should pull us back and ground us to be trusting him even more. God, you are in complete control of my life. I love Proverbs 27.1. says, don't brag about tomorrow since you do not know what the day will bring. I have no idea what tomorrow holds. But I do know the one who holds tomorrow in his hands. And listen, I trust him. I trust him. Do you trust him? So what's the solution? How do I fix that? How do I fix that? Here's the solution. Live one day at a time. One day at a time. And for the last 10 years, because that's when I hit an emotional crisis in my own life with panic and anxiety and worry and fear, that became my motto. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. And I realized I can't control the future. I can't change the past. Worry won't change the past. Worry won't predict the future. And so I just said, I'm going to live for the day. Today, I'm healthy today. Today, I'm alive today. Today, my kids are okay today. Today, life's good today. I'm going to do one day at a time. And when my mind begins to go to what if, if in the future, I'm going to stay grounded and present in today. And I have to stop living in tomorrow with all these what ifs. What ifs? Because, man, I can what if myself to what if? Or what if I get sick? What if I get it? What if my family? What if my mom gets what if my dad? What if my grandparents? What if, what if, what if, what if? We go on and on and on and on with all these what ifs. But today, we got, that's all we have is today. So stay focused on today. Jesus even says this. Look what he says in Matthew 6, 34. So don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. It has its own problems. you got problems today. Too. Today's trouble is enough for you just to deal with today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Stay grounded in the present. Don't worry about How do you do that? And what's that a sign of? So you can't worry and trust at the same time. Oh, I know. I've been there. And here's really at the end of the day, here's what worry says. Here's what worry says. If you're a believer and you follow Jesus, here's what worry says. Here's why we worry and we what if. We worry is a sign that we believe that God's not going to get it right. That's what worry is. I worry that I may get sick. I worry I may get the virus. Why? Because if I do get it, God, you've messed up and you got it wrong. 
That's what worry does. I worry about my job. What if I don't have it? What if, what if it don't work? And we, we take it all in our control. We think we control it by worrying and manipulating it. And it hurts us and physically and emotionally. And here's what it's saying. God, if I just worry enough about it, then maybe God will get it right. And it won't happen to me or come to me or I won't lose my job or whatever it may happen in your life. Worry says this. God, I'm, I'm afraid that you're not going to get it right. And let me tell you something. God always gets it right. He always gets it right. And that should be liberating and free to you to know that God is in complete control and what he plans is always right. Even though we can't see the big picture, even though we don't understand it. So he says, don't worry about tomorrow. You're trying, I'll get tomorrow right. I'm God. I love you. I died for you. I've got a purpose for you. That, listen, I know that don't mean that suffering might not come your way. But if it does, I'll get it right. I'll get it right. And so that's what we got to stop worrying about tomorrow and just focus on today. We can plan for the future, but you can't live in the future. You can plan. You can make plans. The Bible says plan. Count the cost for you build. We get all that stuff. But you can't live there if you can't live in the future and today at the same time. So be present today. Because what happens when you begin to worry about tomorrow or regret your past, listen to me, you might stop being a mom today when your kids need you because you're at home with them, great time to have family time. A wife, maybe you miss being a husband or a friend because you're so tore up about what could happen that you think it, it's not a possibility, you think it's a probability that it will happen to you, whatever that is in your life, when it's just a possibility. It may never even happen. Whatever you're thinking or worried about, it may never even happen. Most likely it won't happen. But it won't fix the outcome. You can't worry stuff away. So what does Jesus say? It's useless. It's worthless. Stay grounded. Stay in the present. And when we do, this should drive us to trust God more. Here's the third and last mistake. Here's mistake number three. Putting off doing good. Putting off doing the right thing. Putting off doing what we know we ought to do, but then we don't do it. What are we talking about? We procrastinate. James says in verse 17, remember it is a sin Please don't take this lightly. It is a sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. Did you see that? It is a sin to know what you should do, but then you don't do it. See, when we think of sin, we think of all these gross big sins. We think of murder, adultery, lie, steal, cheating. See, all these are the sins of commission. But what James is talking about is the sin of omission. Things that you know you ought to be doing, but you don't do it. You live, but you live without God in your life. And I'm talking to those who are believers. So what's the solution? Here's the solution. Don't wait. Do it now. Don't wait. The things you know you ought to do, do it right now. See, really, there's three things you can do with your life. You can spend your life. You can waste your life. You can invest your life. Don't waste this moment. You may be at home or quarantined for a while at home and you may not get out and travel. Don't waste your time. Don't squander. Don't be a sloth. Invest in your family right now. You have your kids with you. You people, do you want to spend time with your family? Invest in them. Maybe husband and wife, you're home now. And you got to work through some things. Invest in each other. Maybe don't sit around, learn something. Pick up a guitar. My son's been going to learn to pick up a guitar and play. Find something that we can watch videos on how to learn a new trick or trade in your life that you can begin to do or, or whatever invest your life don't waste it don't don't spend it 
Whatever you plan on doing for the Lord, though, do it now. Share your faith now. Share your testimony now. Start witnessing now. Start serving people now. Stop procrastinating. See, everybody says someday. Someday, pastor, someday. See, someday will rob you from living today. Someday. You know, someday I'll start reading my Bible. Someday I'll pick it up. Someday I'll start going to church. Someday I'll start, I'll start, you know, memorizing scripture. Someday I'll forgive them. You know you ought to forgive them. And when you know you ought to, James says, and you don't, please don't overlook that. That's sin. Someday I'll start going. Someday I'll start serving. Someday I'll start tithing. But these are things you know as Christians, as believers, you ought to do. Why do we procrastinate? Why do we put off doing what's good and what's right? And for some of you watching right now, here's what you'll say. Someday, I'll give my life to Jesus. Someday I'll get back into church and someday I'll, I'll get my life right. When I, when I feel like that, I'm ready to live the life. Here's the thing. You can't live the life apart from Him. Today is your day. Remember the story about the parable that God built all these crazy barns and stored all this stuff up because he thought, hey, I'm just going to eat, drink, and be merry, and I'll have everything. And Jesus says, you fool, tonight your life will be taken from you. And you try to plan your whole entire life and you missed it. Listen, don't miss this. No matter where you're watching at across the world, please, I beg you, I implore you, give your life to Jesus. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, for God says this, this is what God says, at just the right time, I heard you. Listen, if you're crowd to Jesus right now, he will hear you. I heard you and on the day of salvation, I helped you. See, don't miss that Jesus hears you and he wants to help you by saving you. Indeed, at the right time is now. Don't miss this. Today is the day of salvation. Not tomorrow, not when the crisis ends, not when I get back out of my house and I can finally go to a physical place and a physical building. No, today is the day of salvation. Please don't put this off. I beg you, give your life to Jesus. Not because you're going to die tonight, but because you have to live tomorrow. And because He lives, no matter what tomorrow holds, you can face it. Not because you live, but because He lives, you can face it. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I know it's kind of awkward. You're sitting at home and you're in your apartment or wherever you are right now. Watch this on your phone, your iPad, a computer, the TV, wherever you are. Could you just for one moment just bow your heads? Two responses. Here's the first one. If the Lord has showed you that you are making your own plans without Him, would you just stop and repent and say, God, I've tried to plan my whole life. I try to plan my marriage, my relationships. I try to plan my career, my finances, my parenting, uh, my jobs, my investments, my business. And I've tried to plan it all on my own. And today I'm going to repent and say, God, forgive me for trying to be my own God and to be self-sufficient. And today moving forward, I can't change the past. I cannot control the future, but today moving forward, I'm going to yield and I'm going to submit and I'm going to humble myself to you. Go back and read James chapter 4. It says, when you humble yourself, watch this, God will exalt you. 
So God, here's my marriage, here's my kids, here's my business, here's my investments, here's my finances, here's my life, here's my education, here's my career, here's my body, here's my emotions, here's my, I'm going to yield it to you. And God says, when you do that, I will lift you up and I will exalt you. That's the first invitation. Here's the second one. Don't wait. God did not bring you here by mistake. Whether you're watching this on YouTube, whether you're watching this on Facebook, where you're on our church platform, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. If you're on the app, God wanted you here because today is the day of salvation. But I don't have this all figured out. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to trust. And here's what the Bible says. If you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I beg you, don't put this off. So if that's you and you're ready to say, you know what? I'm going to give my life to Jesus. Then I'm going to ask you to pray with me. Now saying a prayer won't save you. But my lips can proclaim what my heart declares. And wherever you're sitting in your living room, in your pajamas, sitting in the bed with the iPad popped up in your lap, it doesn't matter where you are right now. You can give your life to Jesus. To say, Jesus, I believe. I believe you came for me. I believe you died for me. And I believe you got up out of the grave for me. And as best as I know how, today, I repent of my sin. And I give my life to you. Now direct my steps, determine my path, help me follow you all the days of my life. Now with your head still bowed there for a moment, as believers, as Christians, according to the scripture, we believe whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved, the Bible says. We want you to let us know. Our mission is to help you follow Jesus so you can experience a better life. We believe that following Jesus is a series of taking next steps and you have a next step to take and your next step is to let someone know. And honestly, i love for you to let me know. You can email me, pastor at barrellife.church. You can put in a comment on Facebook. It doesn't matter. Say, hey, I just want to let you know. Let the world know I gave my life to Jesus. We want to help you, even virtually. We want to help you take next steps. So if that's you, let us know. And then lastly, I asked one of our worship leaders to come and I want them to share with us a song. It's one of my favorite, favorite hymns. And as I was praying through what to preach through James chapter 4, this really, really hit me this week. And I think the hymn is timely for where we are as a country, a world, a nation, a church. And if you're sitting here and you're still worried and still afraid and you're a Christian, listen. I have been crucified with Christ. No longer do I live, but Christ lives in me. And because he lives, no matter what tomorrow holds, we can face it. So this may be strange or be awkward. You don't have to, but if you're at home right now, I'm going to ask you if you just stand up, if you're able to stand. And we're going to sing this together. And we're going to belch it out. We're going to believe because he lives, we can face tomorrow. So after our prayer, we're going to begin to sing together. Father, thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy that's new every day. God, we are so thankful because you live, we can face tomorrow. We can face a sickness. We can face a layoff. We can face a down economy. doesn't matter. We can face a crisis. We can face a trial. We can face a trouble. We can face a temptation.
no matter what tomorrow holds. You will be there. You will give us grace. You will give us peace. So Lord, help us to fix our face towards you today. Help us to be and walk in your will today. Help us to be able to walk in your ways in the spirit today. Help us to keep our mind on today. Even maybe this moment, we trust you. And Father, we can't wait to see what you're going to do through this crisis and through this situation. For your name we ask and we pray. Amen.
Thanks for joining us at Better Life Church. If you'd love to discover more about how you can take your next step with Christ, we'd love for you to visit betterlife.church slash nextsteps. There you will find help and resources for whatever step God has for you. If you enjoyed this message, we'd love for you to subscribe and be part of our community. You can also join us live on Sundays or find more resources at betterlife.church. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next time.